From the studios of One Jack's Productions, this is The Revealing, a ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, with your hosts, Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel, and Praise Leader Chris Wing. Hello once again. Welcome to The Revealing. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, we are excited to um, have another episode uh, by the grace of God. Uh, we are continuing this ministry here in Jacksonville, Florida, as the Lord allows. And um, uh, whether you are a veteran or uh, new to this, uh, we are just a few guys getting together um, who are talking about the things of the Lord, um, the Word of God. Uh, we call ourselves the Revealing uh, simply because we desire to um, reveal, as it were, by the Spirit of God, um, the things in the Word of God. And um, it's just a real real good time if you are, um, whether, like I said, a veteran in the Word or uh, in this um, this podcast with us or a, a, a newbie, as it were, we are grateful that you're here. And um, hopefully the Lord is using these episodes to um, glorify His name and to... Um, uh, let his word get out in the Jacksonville area, and then hopefully um, others who, who are sharing this and um, who are having access to it. Uh, my name is Robert Engel, um, and I am here with uh, Chris Wing. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, brother. How are you? All right, doing well. Uh, we find ourselves in uh, uh, the almost to the last episode. We are in the Mysteries series, um, and we are... Uh, talking about uh, these seven mysteries that the the Word of God talks about in the New Testament, uh, specifically uh, to the New Testament church, and uh, we are nearing the end uh, of that series. And so, uh, if you've been tracking with us, um, here we are again. If not, um, feel free to continue on this episode. But we also encourage you to to go back to the beginning there and and um, you know try to catch up to, to get some of the things we've been talking about. Uh, but today we uh, find ourselves talking about the uh, the mystery of iniquity, um, as the Word of God terms it. And so um, without any belaboring and further ado, we are going to get right into that. Um, so um, if you have your Bibles, um, make sure uh, you are using those because that's what we're doing over here. And uh, Chris, I'm going to ask if you would um, start us off and uh, tell us where that mystery is found in our New Testament. Sure. If you guys uh, do have your Bibles, um, open up to Second Thessalonians in chapter 2, because that is where we will find this particular mystery. And in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, we find that in verse 7, which says, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Okay, so um, obviously um, there's where it talks about the mystery of iniquity, but we want to um, kind of unpack that a little bit and, and really get some context. So, um, Chris, if you could maybe back up a little bit there in that chapter and, and help us unpack that just a little bit to give us some understanding. Oh, sure, absolutely. I mean, if you just read that verse by itself, you'd be yeah. like, I don't know what is going on What's here going right on? now. <laughs> so context, I mean, context is always key. That's why it's one of our keys of Bible study. We want to make sure that when we're reading something, we want to keep it in context. So, yeah, let's go back up to verse 1, and we'll read up to, I guess, verse 5 here. Mm -hmm. uh, so in verse 1, it says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, 
and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God, sitting in the temple of God, showeth himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was with you, I told you these things. So, a lot going on there. Mm-hmm. But it's important to note that as Paul begins to go through this, he's addressing the, 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 the church at Thessalonica because these guys thought they thought that they missed something. They thought they missed that, that rapture, you know, the coming of, of the Lord. Mm. And so Paul is telling them, look, you know, so he starts off this whole thing with that particular event of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ by our gathering unto him, the rapture of the church that, that he's talking about there. And um, so he was correcting this false teaching that, that was being taught that there was that there were some that thought that uh, that it had already come. It had passed. It yeah. had already passed. So he's addressing that now, mm-hmm. and, and that's what that means when he says our gathering unto him and, and the day of Christ. He's talking about that that rapture of the church. And, and then he make, then makes it clear that the day, day of Christ cannot happen until there's something else happens first. There come a falling away. And that falling away means apostasy or a defection from the truth to forsake it. Mm. And so that's an, that, that, that's an actual event that actually has to, something that has to take place before that can happen. So the context of, the, of, of verse 7 is in, in that. Mm. Okay? It's that falling away. that has. So he's talking to the church. So he's addressing the church. Um, and he's talking about that falling away has to happen before the Lord can come. And so he's reassuring them, look, that you didn't miss anything. It hasn't, hasn't happened yet. Yeah. So, uh, so that's the context. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and I want to look back there for just a moment um, in uh, verse 3, where he says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a fallen away first, mm-hmm. and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Mm-hmm. So notice that he is the man of sin in the first part of his ministry. Um, and by the way, we're speaking about the Antichrist here, as it'll soon be obvious if it's not. But he's first called the man of sin, yet after he's assassinated, I mean, and we know these things by comparing Scripture to Scripture, uh, but after he is assassinated by a wound through the right eye, uh, after three days he engages in a counterfeit resurrection, and Satan himself enters into his body, and it looks to the world like he's risen from the dead. And it's important that we distinguish that it's not a resurrection, it's a counterfeit resurrection because Satan cannot do what God does. It, 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 it's, it's a counterfeit. But the, the point that I want to make is he's no longer the man of sin, but then he's called, as Paul says there in verse 3, the son of perdition. Um, and it's very interesting that this is really the opposite of the very first mystery that we discussed, the mystery of godliness, um, because the mystery of godliness is God manifest in the flesh. And this is the mystery of iniquity, which is essentially Satan manifest in the flesh. Um, and so this is an actual person, um, an actual event that will actually happen in the future. Um, we, as uh, the blood-bought church, will not be on this planet uh, when that happens. Um, but, but then Paul goes on to, to explain how he will reveal himself in verse 4. And, and as you said, he will oppose and exalt himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Mm-hmm. And then later there in verse 7, he says that the mystery of iniquity doth already work. So this mystery is already at work, spiritually speaking. That's what we can glean from this passage here. This mystery is already 
at work spiritually over the affairs of this world. Uh, however, he will physically manifest himself, again, Satan himself, in the assassinated corpse of that wicked prince, of the, of the Antichrist that shall come. Um, and, and then we see a little bit more uh, in that passage about this mystery of iniquity, uh, this um, man of sin, this son of perdition, down there in verse 9, um, his coming is after the working of Satan with all powers and signs and lying wonders. Um, that means that this guy is going to be able to conjure up the apostolic Holy Ghost gifts mm-hmm. um, where um, people are going to um, buy into um, what he's doing as if he was God himself. And, and I think we see that a lot uh, in the church today, unfortunately, um, and, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Um, but, uh, Chris, as far as this mystery of iniquity is concerned, um, what what would you say is um, maybe just one or, or maybe just a couple uh, important points or, 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 or um, principles uh, for us to understand um, whether we're comparing Scripture with Scripture or, or for us to really just grab hold of when we're trying to understand rightly dividing this mystery of iniquity? Well, first, I mean, I would say we got to know what the word iniquity means. Mm. <laughs> so right off the bat, and that, that word, it means lawlessness, basically. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's a violation of, of the law. Which law? Well, it's God's law. Mm-hmm. And so another thing that is important that I'm just I'm thinking about it as it comes to mind, you were, you were saying something about before he, this this guy, this son of perdition, this this antichrist, before he is actually uh, his second part of his ministry, which takes place during the tribulation, is that he was the man of sin first, and and then you read verse nine where it says that the power behind that mm. is the working of after Satan, and so it, it made me think of because again the context is that that Paul is trying to identify that you didn't miss the rapture or anything like that. These things have to happen before he starts his ministry it puts a timing on when that rapture mm-hmm. happens and that the church has to be raptured out before he's revealed mm. completely in the flesh. So it clears up the, the false teaching of the church going through the tribulation in right. any way, shape, or form or anything. I, I just thought about that. I wanted to just get that out there real yeah. quick. So it, it clears up that false teaching, just knowing the context of this. But iniquity does mean um, lawlessness, okay? And what it makes me think about is sin in general because it's obviously a, a part of sin and it's already was working in paul's day it's already it's definitely working in, in in our day but the bible says that what sin is is a transgression of the law mm-hmm. so we need to identify first and foremost what this thing of iniquity actually is and, and in first john uh, 2 of 18 it says little children it is the last time and ye as ye have heard the antichrist shall come which we're talking about even now there are many antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. Um, again, this is the thing is it's, it's constantly at work already. Um, again, in first John, several verses in first John here in verse t- uh, 22 of chapter two, it says, who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is antichrist that denieth the father and the son. So this iniquity, this lawlessness, uh, this, this particular spirit that was working already in Paul's day, that's working in our day, is the one who would deny that Jesus is the Christ. It, it's, it's a denial or an opposition. That's what antichrist means, the opposite of Christ, against Christ. So to understand this thing of iniquity, we have to understand what it means. We have to understand that 
it's a it's a denial of Christ because that's what antichrist's job is to do is to take the opposition or oppose that to count you're talking about counterfeiting that's mm. what his job is to do so it's important for us to know what this word means and 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 obviously how it's used in scripture and that it's definitely attributed to sin and that the power behind that is Satan so do you do you think that we are seeing the mystery of iniquity at work today uh, well absolutely how so just because uh, uh, there's sin all over the place in the world today, I mean that's at the heart of it all. Mm. And Satan is 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 the god little g of this world. He's the power that is behind that, the prince of the power of the air that is, is working in this world today as he was then. Just all the more so now. Yeah, yeah, and and just even in the realm of, of the church or, or of doctrine uh, specifically, yeah. um, we can even uh, remove the the component of of, of sin and flesh and and, and all that. Uh, just looking at, at doctrine and theology uh, specifically, um, you, you mentioned um, how John writes in the New Testament about you know many false prophets and or antichrist, um, and, and that's not just a one-time occurrence. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not just something that is kind of just thrown out there. Uh, multiple times, we are given this warning uh, about um, many. Uh, antichrist or many false prophets John writes about this several times in first and second John where he says many false prophets are gone out in uh, into the world and what is a prophet doing a prophet is de- supposed to be declaring the word of the Lord mm-hmm. um, and so he's not talking about heathen sinners so to speak he's talking about people within the church right yeah. Uh, who are falsely prophesying, who are falsely teaching. Um, and let's not think that these are the Jehovah's Witnesses or these are the Mormons, um, because I think those are really easy, um, unless you're one of them, uh, these are really <laughs> easy for for us to say, no, that's false. This this is amongst the brethren. Sure. Th- this is in the context of a local church, mm-hmm. the believers. He says, Many false prophets. Um, that was First uh, John four one. He says something very similar uh, back in First John two eighteen. Um, he says that um, little children, it is the last time, mm-hmm. and as ye have heard that antichrist shall come. We're talking about that now. Even now, are there many antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. Second John. Um, there's only one chapter in Second John, so verse seven. Mm-hmm. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. I just think it's that whole thing of antichrist and, and iniquity is all centered around the denial of Jesus being the Christ that mm. He came in the flesh. Uh, you know, and and you're making the a great and a very important point. Um, as it was work in his day, it's all the more work now today, but within the church. Yeah. And it doesn't always come in the package of being very blatant and very obvious. It's very subtle. Well, isn't that how Satan works? And that's how he works, exactly. An angel of light. Yep. Is he not? He beguiled Eve through his subtlety. Yep, exactly. Right. And exactly. so it's permeated and infected like a cancer, the, the church, quote unquote, by and large yeah. today. And I think it makes me think of the verses in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, which again is addressed to the church, uh, first seven verses, but he, he talks about this also, this know also, that in the last days, we're talking about the last days, and, and that Antichrist is going to come, and that spirit is already here, so keeping the context, perilous times shall come, 
For men shall be lovers of them themselves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce baker, breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, so on and so forth. And he says in verse 5, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. And then in verse 7, he says, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Again, it, it shows, and this is within the church that in the last days, those perilous times are going to be coming within the church because people are going to have a form, quote-unquote, of godliness, but they're denying the power thereof because, like you were saying, these false prophets that are supposed to be proclaiming the Word of God are proclaiming something different. It's just that subtlety, and, and it creeps into the church, and people think, well, that sounds good, and that sounds mm. good, but it's really not. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you've got false doctrine permeating the church, by and large. That spirit of Antichrist is very much alive within the church. Yeah, and for Paul... John, uh, to write these things uh, in the first century, mm -hmm. as it were, and, and say at that time many deceivers are entered into the world, many antichrists, um, for them to say that at that time, how much more prevalent is that in our time in the 21st century mm -hmm. um, to, to, to not think that that is not going on, in the, or to not think that's going on in the church today is just, is, is just to be ignorant Absolutely. really to, to be completely oblivious um and, and that is honestly the, the sad state of affairs in the church today uh because when we just look at scripture again uh, paul in philippians three eighteen, for many walk of whom i have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of christ and um second corinthians two seventeen, for we are not as many which corrupt the word of god but as of sincerity, but as of, of God, in the sight of God, speak we in Christ. Uh, it, it's not, again, the, the sinner, the heathen, the lost that are supposed, or quote-unquote, corrupting the Word of God, mm. or as he says in 2 Corinthians 4, handling the Word of God deceitfully. Again, that's, that's quote-unquote, believers. Mm -hmm. that, that, that's us in this church today, and we need to be on the lookout. We need to be watching um, we need to hold guilty anyone who, who and for those that are listening, this includes us on this podcast, you hold anyone who teaches you the Word of God guilty until proven innocent, right. um, because you don't know with what spirit they're coming from, yet you hold the Word of God innocent until proven guilty. Right. Okay? Uh, but but having these conversations, looking at these verses, it just makes me think, um, and Again, if you've you've been with us for a while now on this podcast, you you know we say things that aren't very popular um, necessarily in the church today. Um, we 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 do call certain things out uh, because the Bible calls them out. Mm -hmm. And um, when we look at what's going on in, in churches today, uh, when when pastors, uh, when when leaders are are claiming extra revelation from God outside of the Bible. Um, that is the mystery of iniquity sure. in form. Uh, when, when, when we are claiming to have visions of Christ um, and having Him speak to us um, audibly um, or having something revealed to us that is outside of this book, that is the mystery of iniquity. And the sad thing is, it's not labeled as such. Why? Because the enemy is a master deceiver. He's a master counterfeiter. So if he, if he can look spiritual and Christian, then we accept it today. Uh, but the, the problem is it's not biblical mm -hmm. and scriptural. 
And the sad thing is when we, we hold those claims to the standard of the Word of God, um, those that do are labeled fanatics, fundamentalists, legalists, mm-hmm. um, you know, whatever else. All kinds of things. By the church, yep. not not by the lost. Who was it that attacked Jesus the most? It wasn't the lost, the heathen, the sinners. It was religious. the Pharisees, right. the religious, the Sadducees. And so uh, this is just prevailing through the church today, and it, 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 it's almost, if when you call those things out, you become the bad guy. Oh, absolutely. The truth is not a popular thing today, and even probably more so even in the church, quote-unquote, than anywhere else. You know, Paul warned that they'd be teaching false gospels and another Jesus and, and not to not to accept that. It to be, He warned us of that. He told us to try the spirits, whether they be of God. I mean, we're constantly, it's not like we weren't warned of that happening, but yet for some reason people don't, they don't have any idea. They're just totally blind to it, and they just accept whatever is being propagated from the pulpits, not ever knowing themselves if it's true or not true, and being led astray, that falling away, that apostasy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, I, you, or I should say, made reference to this point earlier, but it, it's setting the stage for that, that physical manifestation right. of the mystery of iniquity. Because if, uh, I'm going to use the term church loosely here, because not everyone who's part of a local church right. uh, is part of the church, right. uh, the blood-bought church, um, but think about how the stage is being set for these apostolic gifts to be to come back on the scene mm-hmm. where people are just going to eat this stuff up when, when, when the Antichrist comes on the scene. And obviously he's not coming on the scene with that title, uh, but um, when we have people in churches today, uh, New Testament churches uh, that are, are believing in these... Uh, apostolic gifts and are trying to practice these things, um, why wouldn't that be something that would be believed later on as well? Sure. Um, and, and we're just going to say, you know, not again, not everyone who goes to church today is going to be caught up in the rapture, is going <laughs> to be with the Lord when they die. Not everyone is a son of God or uh, saved just because you go to church or just because you read your Bible or just because, you know, whatever. You mean everybody who says that I'm a Christian? They're not always all a Christian? Uh, believe it or not, no, Chris. Oh, my gosh. Can, yeah, I know. I guess I'm just foolish. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but <laughs> that's the thing is it, it's setting the stage for what's going to come. And, and, and um, you know, Satan has done um, quite mm-hmm. quite a good job uh, on his end of, uh, of deceiving um, and, and allowing... If we're not being Bereans and going back to the scriptures, if we're not mm-hmm. rightly dividing, if we're not being led of the Spirit, right. um, the Holy Spirit, then uh, we're gonna we can fall prey to those too. Um, and, and it's interesting that um, the Antichrist will, as we are saying, perpetuate um, counterfeit miracles, these lying signs and wonders. Um, again, of which we see happening in the church today. Um, which it's interesting that even he knows that the sign gifts are only for Israel because that's what that's why he's doing those things among these counterfeit counterfeit miracles um even he knows that because this tribulation time is the time of Jacob's, Jacob's trouble. trouble yeah and so it's very interesting that that today in the church today um the enemy knows some things that that we don't know uh, that we have become ignorant of or blinded to um because we're just not we're not letting the word of God be the standard. I mean, that's 
really, I don't know if we talked about this or not, but th- how we did say he was subtle, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if we take the stance to think that we're so smart, I- we, we're not understanding that our enemy, Satan, who disguises himself any, as an angel of light, right? Because that's mm-hmm. what he used to be. Um, he knows the word very, very well. That's why he can twist it just a little bit, and it still sounds like it's right. That's why we uh, are commanded to, quote-unquote, be on our toes, to be ready, to try the spirits, to constantly know, and, and, st- and we're called to study to show ourselves approved. It's not just read. It's to study. There's a reason why God called us as cr- real Christians mm. to a high standard of, of being accountable and knowing his word. I mean, he says, if you want to show me you, you love me, you'll keep my word, you'll keep my commandments. All this based centered around the word and knowing it and keeping it. He is very, very crafty. He is very, very subtle. And if we think that, well, just because I said a prayer and I call upon Christ and I'm calling myself a Christian and I go to church on Sunday, I'm, go- I'm good to go and I know what I need to know. Uh, you're definitely going to be one of those people who's going to be led astray. And you're going to, and again, this is, we're told that this time is going to, the, the sign of it is going to be this huge apostasy and falling away. And he's talking about within the church. So we yep. have to be careful not to think more, <laughs> as the Bible tells us, highly of ourselves than we ought to, thinking we know we got it all figured out because that's where the enemy will get us, mm-hmm. is in that we think we know stage. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, just just a few things for us to be able to uh, identify uh, th- this man of sin. Um, and and um, I'd like to, uh, in just a few minutes, Chris, go to um, Job 41. Uh, speak a little bit about uh, what what God shows us there. Uh, but to lead up to that, um, you know, God promises to to not conceal mm-hmm. Satan. He, he says that he he will reveal his parts, um, and, and he does that in his word. And if we're going to be faithful stewards of this mystery, then we ought to do the same. And so, for us to by comparing scripture with scripture, for us to know. Uh, some of the these identifying markers of this son of perdition, this man of sin, this mystery of iniquity, um, again, whether it's spiritually today or, or physically manifested um, during that tribulation period, um, we, we need to know those things. Uh, we need to know that he has a number. The Bible says it is 666. Um, it, he has a sign. Um, that sign is a golden cup. Uh, he has a method of worship. Uh, it is kissing in the context of eating actual flesh and blood. Does that remind you of any doctrine or practice that we hear about today? It could be yeah. transubstantiation, perhaps? Yes. Um, he has a political agenda to unite the nations, um, a social agenda, uh, the acceptance of homosexuality, uh, exterminating the Jews, um, he has a strategy to, to come in peace, yet deceiving. Um, he has a counterfeit church. Uh, he has a counterfeit Godhead of which he is a part, the, the beast, the false prophet, and the Antichrist. So, and, and so much more that, that by looking at Scripture, um, we can identify and, again, see some of those things happening today. And so, so let's look over in, in Job chapter forty-one. And um, if Chris, if you could, um, you know, read a few verses there. That, that's if for our listeners who maybe are, are unaware. Uh, that's where um, God talks about Leviathan. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, 
you know, for, for those who, who may not know or, or maybe who do, uh, let's just let's read a little bit about that and, and talk about that in, in reference to this mystery of iniquity. Okay. So put your Old Testament thinking hat on and have your just the similitudes or the pictures and types uh, thinking in there mm-hmm. because in Levi- the, this Leviathan that Job talks about is going to be none other than Satan himself. Okay, and so without reading the whole chapter because it's, it's lengthy, just a few verses, yeah. and you've just referenced some of them, um, and that Job talks about is the fir- first, the verse, first verse, sorry, in Job forty one says, "Canst thou draw out Leviathan with a hook, or his tongue with a cord, which thou lettest down?" So there's the context. He's talking about this Leviathan creature. And he describes this Leviathan creature in ma- uh, many and in depth, and in verse nine it says, "Behold, the hope of him is in vain." Shall not one be cast down even at the sight of him? And then he, this particular verse that you just referenced, after he's talking all about this Leviathan creature, uh, he says in verse 12 of Job 41, I will not conceal his parts, nor his power, nor his comely proportion. He's going to reveal this Leviathan. Why would he need to reveal this Leviathan? What what difference does it make? Isn't this just some sort of sea creature or something like that? You know, Which is what most commentators would say will, will tell us but there's there's something uh, he spends a lot of time talking about this but this isn't the only place that he does that right we if we're going to sit here and say that well we're telling you that leviathan is satan but well, then that must mean because god shows us that he is so if he's going to conceal his parts and his power and his comely proportion then he he must do that somewhere in scripture and then he does he tells us flat out in isaiah chapter 27 in verse 1 and he's speaking of the day of the Lord, which is the context where s- this Antichrist will reveal himself and the power behind him being Satan. Mm-hmm. He says in 27.1 of Isaiah, in that day, or in that day, the Lord with his sore and great and strong sword, being his word, shall punish Leviathan, mm. the piercing serpent, even Leviathan, that crooked serpent, and he shall slay the dragon that is in the sea. So he calls this Leviathan a serpent, and a dragon, and it even says that he is in the sea. And if you know anything about the sea or the deep in the Old Testament, that is also talking about the second heaven where Satan actually resides. And so he's giving us this identifying marker of who Leviathan in. He is. He is the piercing serpent, the mm-hmm. crooked serpent. Well, who would that be? Satan. Yeah, yeah. In uh, verse 15, his scales are his pride. Mm-hmm. Pride, yep. Uh, the end of that chapter, um, verse 34, he beholdeth all things. He, again, speaking of Leviathan, is a king over all the children of pride. Mm-hmm. Well, that is none other than Satan himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this is, is going to lead us into to our next um, phase of this conversation, and, and we'll, we'll begin to kind of wrap it up uh, with, with this. Um, this will take us a little bit of time, but... Um, Again, God promises in verse 12, I will not conceal his parts, nor his power, nor his comely proportion. Who can discover the face of his garment, or who can come to him with his double bridle? And the answer is, who can discover the face of his garment? Well, God can, mm-hmm. and he reveals it to Absolutely. us. Absolutely. And and so there are some things about uh, this man of sin, um, about this... Um, that wicked, as Paul calls him, um, this Antichrist, uh, there are some things about him that are quite interesting uh, in regards to um, 
comparing them, that is these things that we see in the Bible that are said about him, comparing them to someone else that's talked about in the Bible. Um, and so I want to kind of go, go down that road uh, because um, there's a principle in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 um, and verse, I think it's 15. Yeah, I think I know where you're going. That which hath been is now, and that which is to be hath already been, and God requireth that which is past. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so when we look at that principle, and, and man, that verse and that principle holds true uh, to so many things um, uh, under the sun, uh, church history, um, so many things, uh, but but taking that and, and applying that principle to this mystery of iniquity, to this Antichrist, there are some things that we can learn uh, about what God says about the Antichrist and what God has said about someone else in the Bible. So so I, I want to kind of just talk about this a little bit. Um, what is it? Let's go back to that Second Thessalonians 2, I think it was, passage. And, and what is it that 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 he is called? Uh, that this Antichrist is called. Chris, if you could just kind of read that for us one more time. Sure. I'll start in verse uh, 3 of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, which says, Let let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except uh, a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, and, and then he says, the son of perdition. So this man of sin is called the son of perdition. We like to call him Antichrist, but okay. that is the actual biblical title of him. He is called the son of perdition. So is is there anyone else in Scripture uh, that we could, by comparing Scripture to Scripture, that we could see was given that same title? 100% there is. Who would that be? And that would be Judas Iscariot. So, mm-hmm. so God calls Judas the son of perdition? Mm, he does. Um and and no, no other person in the Bible is that true of, is that said of, but one person. Now, now, that may or may not mean anything to you, but it's interesting to, to note that the very title that God gives the Antichrist, only one other person in all of the Word of God, he gave that title to as well. Um, there's something interesting about that. Uh, furthermore... Um, we we may remember that um, when Jesus was having uh, the the quote Last Supper with his disciples, um, what was going on in the context of the, of that of that situation? Uh, Jesus was saying, "One of you will betray me," and, and everyone was murm- or talking amongst themselves. Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Who, it's who, not going to be me. It, yeah, yeah, and um, and. and Jesus says, "It's who who um, after who I dip this this bread into this um, into this juice that give this sop to it will be." And he gave it to Judas, um, and it says at that moment something very specific happened mm-hmm. that Satan entered into him. And again, by comparing scripture with scripture, we know that no one else in all of the Bible had Satan himself enter into him. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there were those that were demonically possessed and had devils and, and, and things. Which is different. It's very different. Um, but Satan himself entered into Judas. Um, again, no one else in the Bible is that set of. 
So you, you have to take those and you have to do something with those. Um, but 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 there's some other things, Chris, that um, that are true of Judas that 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 we could kind of glean from. What what else? Okay, so just for reference sake, all those things that we just talked about, because I know we kind of just dumped a whole yeah. bunch out there. Uh, you find all these things in the Gospel of John. Correct. So you mentioned how the one who dipped their bread in the sop is going to be the one who betrayed him. That's John thirteen twenty six. And isn't it interesting that he calls it sop, son of perdition? S-O-P. Just saying. That's mm-hmm. weird. Just saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe that's coincidental, I guess, right? Possibly. Possibly <laughs> not. <laughs> or possibly not. Um, Satan entering him. That's John, uh, John chapter 13 and verse 27, the very next verse. And uh, Jesus himself calling Judas the son of perdition would be in John 17, John. 12. Yes. All right, but then there's something interesting about Judas. After all this stuff takes place, he denies him. He betrays him for the 30 pieces of silver, on and on and on. What he ends up doing is, is hanging himself, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and you know what? Acts chapter 1, you, you see uh, this. He talks about what happened to him. And in Acts one twenty five, he says, talking about Judas, that he may take part of this ministry, an apostleship. They were going to replace him as an, as an apostle. And it says, from which Judas, by transgression, fell that he might go to his own place. What place would he have to go to? Why would he have to go to his own place? Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. So you got all these characteristics to, w- that we're identifying about about Judas and him being called the son of perdition. He dips his bread in that sop. Satan enters into him, and then when he dies, he goes to his own place. He didn't just like any other person die, and you know, yeah, you know, he goes to his own it, place. It doesn't very say he went to the place he deserved or he, R- right. you know, whatever. And again, that said of no one else, no one else. Save Judas. Very specific characteristics that identified Judas in a different way. And so there's something interesting about him. And and nobody else is ever referred to as a son of perdition except for the Antichrist himself. Absolutely. So um, just to kind of wrap this conversation up, uh, and, you know, there is so much that we could go into as far as depth is concerned and time. So we really, with all these mysteries, we really try to um, kind of rein in some things or kind of limit the scope uh, and really kind of keep it streamlined uh, for you guys um, just so we can stay on task ourselves here because it'd be easy for us to kind of get off onto other things and, and um, you know, this be a two-hour long episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do want to um, address some of the, the heresies, uh, the um, false doctrines that knowing this mystery clears up for us. Um because it, it is true, as with all these mysteries, that we in the 21st century church, um, I'm afraid, collectively speaking, have been unfaithful with them. Um, because if we were faithful to preaching, faithful to teaching, um, faithful to revealing the detailed truth of this man, uh, whom Scripture has so much to say, if we would have preached... Uh, preached him rather than been embarrassed by by how it sounds that that nobody would believe us or that we would be looked at it as you know whatever uh, if we had been faithful and again I use that we collectively in the 21st century uh, there would be no one who believes in, in a mid-trib rapture of the church uh, there would be no one who would believe in the heresy of amillennialism and post-millennialism. Um, and by believing that, 
there would be no one who would be wasting their time trying to bring in a, a physical kingdom thinking that things are getting better and better when things are really just getting worse and worse. And again, that's biblical because you said earlier, Chris, 2 Timothy 3.13, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. Mm-hmm. So we know that uh, that that social gospel, that's not that's not that's nothing. It, it things are not going to get better ergo the kingdom comes in. Uh, that's biblical, that's not how it's going to unfold. Mm-hmm. Uh, really things will get worse and worse until it gets so bad that the church is taken out of here right. that the men of sin, excuse me, the man of sin will be revealed, that son of perdition who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshiped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. And if we think that sounds like things are getting better and better um, as a, quote, revival brings in the kingdom, then we're just not Bible believers. Right. Just bottom line. And so it's important for us to, to know what, not just what these mysteries truly and biblically are, but what heresies, because they are heresies, um, that they correct. And, and, and just from a, maybe just a hit home a little bit, um, you know, I always want to, you know, leave leave these episodes uh, with um, a, a a personal or a practical application. You know, we're talking about this mystery of iniquity, the Antichrist, um, and, and I think all that's important for us to know because God reveals it to us. And if it wasn't something He didn't want us to know, He wouldn't have told us. But from a practical standpoint, can we just make sure today in 2020? in the 21st century church, that we are not living the spirit of Antichrist, mm-hmm. where by our actions or our inactions, um, by as, as Jesus says, um, the condemnation of the world is that light has come into the world, but men have loved darkness mm-hmm. more than light, um, because we can um, um, manifest that spirit spirit of antichrist uh from it from a, a devotional or a spiritual standpoint even as christians right um by living our lives that what is antichrist it again at opposition mm-hmm. to christ um we can do that mm-hmm. and it's unfortunate that that happens so much in the church today um that that we you know think about you know the rapture the tribulation antichrist all that stuff but what about us today what about me what about how i'm living my life? What about how I'm, am I sacrificing? Am I serving? Am I in the word? Um, or, or am I all talk and, and no, uh, no action? Um, we just need to be careful that we are not exuberating the spirit of antichrist in, 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 a, in a disobedient sense of the word. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a prideful, high-minded thing to think that just because we're saved and we don't have that consequence and penalty of sin judging us anymore because of our salvation, it, it's a, it's a prideful thing to think that we can't fall into that spirit of iniquity, that lawlessness, and, and, and taking and living that way. I mean, we, we've got to constantly be reminded of that so that we don't fall into that. I mean, our flesh is weak. Mm. It's corrupt. Yeah. And all it wants to do is sin. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's penchant toward. Yeah. It's bent toward. So let us not think of ourselves and to be in a position just because, like, you know, you and I, well, we know the Bible really well. Like, we, I'm, I'm guilty of it, too. Same. You know what I mean? And, sure. and we're just sitting here talking about how the church has fallen away. This apostasy has is, is, is happened to a very high degree now. But we can contribute to that just as much by just sinning, by, yeah. not, by not. But, but so if we think that we're 
so perfect and high-minded because I know the Bible so well. Well, that's that's when you're going to fall. Well, the Pharisees sure knew the Scripture so well. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus has some very damning words to say um, about them. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so listen, um, we, um, we could go on and talk about these things on and on and on, um, but uh, we'll kind of close it off here. Um, so um, thank you so much for, uh, for listening with us, for hanging with us. Um, we are grateful for the, the privilege of the opportunity to uh, be able to hang out with you guys. And so um, we're going to um, hopefully hang out with you next time as we uh, talk about the final mystery. That is what Scripture calls Mystery Babylon. Mm-hmm. Uh, some very, very good stuff there. Um, so until next time, uh, do take care. Thank you for listening to The Revealing, a podcast ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel. For more information about One Baptist Jacks, please go to our website, onebaptistjacks.world, or email us, info at onebaptistjacks.world.